It is that time now once again For getting lumped up with my friends It's rock a mic And Rob that you should know And you'll find them here on the rock show Hello, people. Welcome to another special episode of The Rock Show. This is episode 145, Sisters of Mercy, another British band with people with attitude, bad drugs, and bad behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. And I'm Rocker Mike and Rob, Rob Rossi, Rossi here and again. we got the big titan. We got yes, the, George. Big, the big guy. The George big guy. Figueroa. George is back. And we also have and his ten in here off, in the background. Off, off camera, right. We have a woman oh, that's... you can see me. We have, oh, yeah, look, look at that hat. We have this, this is for the Steuben Day Parade. <laughs> <laughs> Time for a shot? Oh, I, I say shots. All right. About cheers. getting lumped up. Cheers. Lumped up. Cheers, cheers, oh. cheers. Don't get drunk, get lumped up. Get yeah. lumped up. Oh, yeah. And we're at a special location. We're at um, Bart Scotty doing the show today. Hello, Scotty. Uh, greetings, gentlemen. All right. Thank you for uh, performing here. Now, today we're doing a, a Look a at podcast. the background. Yeah. Sisters yeah, we got Mercy in the background. Sisters of Mercy in the background. We're doing a show on Sisters of Mercy. And I got to say, they're probably one of the most, like, I don't want to say mysterious, maybe kind of like, you know. They had some success in the late 80s, early 90s, and uh, haven't come out with anything since. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're kind of like in that, like, goth music category, though. Andrew will, Andrew the singer will tell you that's not the case. Okay. But I kind of lump them in with that a little bit. Yeah. You know, they got that kind of like. But they're goth also thing. like, um, they're also like rock and roll. Also, yeah. And, you know, they Wait got. Wait a minute. We did see them. Didn't we see him in 91 and he had blonde hair for a while? It, yes, he did. Yes, he That's did. Right. And they actually, actually had a drummer in the band. Yeah. Late, it wasn't late, a drum machine. Right. Late, uh, early 90s and late 90s, I saw yeah. them. And then, yeah, because they never come around because, I don't know, they're always playing Europe and whatever. And live, live bands don't sound good with it. Even Depeche yeah. Mode has a live drummer. You right. mean, they sound way better. You mean Depeche Mode. By the way, we will never do a show on Depeche Mode because I will kill myself by the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. Right. You will have to after that. Yeah, after, 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 after listening to Depeche Mode, you get so depressed. It's the only way, way to go. You go up. You get, you get happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll be honest with you. In this whole genre of you know, goth and stuff, I think Sisters of Mercy are one of the best bands. Uh they don't call themselves goth, but will call themselves that just for the sake of the podcast. Um, they're a band that, you know, to me, could have been a lot bigger. If and they, a lot better. And, and they could have, they had a lot of problems with their record label, a lot of problems uh, within within the band. Yeah, okay, a lot of you know, members. A lot of right, members. they've had a lot of member changes. And, you know, Andrew Eldridge, who really is the Sisters of Mercy, I mean, there's really nobody else. Okay. You know, he, it's the kind of band where if you join this band, you got to basically do what he says. Okay. And, and some people can work like that. Some people can't, you know, but, it's uh, a pompous ass from Leeds. <laughs> yeah, from Leeds. Yeah, that's, that's right. the problem. He's right. a pompous ass. They should got his ass kicked. <laughs> and probably nobody kick his ass. He probably got a two foot fucking uh, seven foot bodyguard watches. Fucking probably. Ass. You know, they had they had that late eighties success with this corrosion in the Floodland album. I remember that when that came out, that was huge. And the strange huge. thing was they huge, huge. The strange thing was is that they never toured that album. No. Right? Why? Right. They never t I don't know. I think he hated touring. Yeah, but that's the reason you put an album and make tour he, and then he you didn't, make money. That was probably their best album and they never toured it. Figure that out. Okay, but there's an interesting history here, so right. let's let's get into it. Get into right? it. So, um, the Sisters of Mercy were formed in Leeds, England, all right, in 1980 by Gary Marks and Andrew Eldridge. Uh, basically, they formed a band out of boredom, all right, and they really wanted to hear themselves on the radio. They didn't give a fuck. Yeah. I want to hear myself on the radio. So, the band name came from the Robert Altman film McCabe and Mrs. Miller which came out in 1971 and it featured the Leonard Cohen song sisters of mercy yeah. in that. 
Mark asks how that, that got to be. Oh, there's a ghost of Mrs. Muir. Not the ghost of Mrs. Muir. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody watch that show? Yeah, I, 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 I used to watch it. The guy from Knight Rider? Yeah. yeah what yeah. was his name? Edward Van. Oh. Edward Mulher. That's Ed, it. Edward. Yeah. <laughs> he had the goatee before anybody else. All right. Now, during this early time, 1980, the band released a single called Damage Done, Damage Done uh, with a song called Watch and Home of the Hitmen as the B-side. Now, on this single, Marks played guitar through a practice amp, and Eldritch was actually on drums and playing and doing the vocals. Okay, and uh, it was a drum set that he had bought from John Langford from the Mekons. Mekons. And um, the duo of Marx and Ed Rich wrote and sang, okay, on, on the songs. But Elrich on Damage and Damage Done and Marx was on Watch, okay. Now, the band would soon evolve into Craig Adams on bass, and Eldritch would replace his drumming with a drum machine. All right, now, making sense. Why yeah, they, they, he, he wanted he wanted to concentrate on his vocals. He's got a great voice. He does that baritone voice, you know. But it went it went to a drum machine, which is very odd. Yeah. Okay. And uh, with a drum machine, that's, but like, they, they, that's they, like very artificial sound, you know. I think they I think they didn't care. I think they didn't care. Uh, it was it was new wave time, and and they went for like a more synthetic sound, you know. But. Um, they actually you know, made you, you get the keyboard and that's the <laughs> well drum machines too drum machines you know? too yeah drum machines too but but they actually acted like the drum machine was in the band all right his name they named the drum machine Doctor Avalanche what's wrong with these fucking Dr. British Dr. motherfuckers <laughs> too posh yeah. now Elrich Elrich had done all the the lyric writing on this okay this basically you know early but they version were, of the before, band before 890 before 80 they were together already but they were very underground the no day, 80 was when they 80 you know? was when they formed no but they, they were, were very playing, they, they were playing a few gigs before that they were, yeah there was a, there out. was a few gigs where yeah. they were very underground and it yeah. was it was actually doing very yeah, well yeah it was doing very well now um uh elrich kind of took over all the lyric writing because yeah. he was going to be doing the singing and he he also controlled dr avalanche's programming he yeah. did all that all right, and he produced all the re all the music. Right? He was going to be producing the records. So he is the Sisters of Mercy. He basically much. is now. Mm -hmm. Marx co-wrote some songs with him, and occasionally Adams would as well. Okay, now this became what is generally recognized as the first real Sisters of Mercy lineup. Yeah, it began with just to just to reiterate, Doctor Mar uh, Doctor Avalanche, Marx, Elrich, and Adams. Um, the first gig they ever played was at Leeds University, but nobody remembers exactly when that was. Okay, so they kind of like push it to the next gig, which was at the uh, um, Al uh, Alcuin College in York, okay, which mm -hmm. was in February of 81. Yeah. So they, they cite that as their first gig. Later in 81, the Sisters of Mercy recruited uh, a guy named Ben Gunn as a second guitarist. And Eldritch is kind of like melancholic baritone vocals. Yeah, Craig Adams' pulsating bass, Dr. Avalanche's beat, and Marx's flowing guitar led to early underground success. Yeah. In 82, the band recorded the song The Body Electric with uh, Adrenochrome as the single. Sister Mercy would have been a thing that they would have probably popped up in 120 minutes. Well, they did eventually. You know, they did eventually, but they were they, they were they were ahead of their time. But I mean, that. that's when they would have probably popped up, where America probably really started seeing them, and then you know that's pretty much right. Because you know sometimes even though you do that, nobody became anybody until they were really on MTV. Like especially in the eighties, they, 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 by the mid eighties, they would be there. Yeah. They would be there. Now th this stuff that they put out was on the CNT label. Okay. All right, the band singles were regularly featured in UK independent charts. Uh, some of the sometimes they were the single of the week um, in various you, you know UK indie magazines. John Ashton of the Psychedelic Furs, another good band, uh, produced their early classic song Alice. All right, that's a, that's, a good, that's really like song. that's really one of their like you know seminal songs, right? 
Um, the Reptile House EP that came out is another example of uh, early sister's work and marks the maturing songwriting of Eldridge. Okay, he was really growing as a songwriter. Um, he wrote, produced, reportedly played on all the instruments on that EP. That's pretty cool. Really? I think that's interesting because he has a band, but yet he's he's he playing he's all the, he's it. playing all this maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How do you have a band but yet you play all the instruments? I don't know. No, you don't play all the instruments because that guy's got a drum machine. No, but no, but he's playing guitar, guitar and bass too and on that on the EP. But he has a band. Yeah, but he had a because he probably recorded by himself. Yeah, probably. yeah, he had total control. And if you you record by yourself and a drum machine, you're pretty up in the whole band. That's that's him right behind the pickle hop right there. The pickle hop. There you go. <laughs> now back back in the early days, th these live shows consisted of a lot Bring of cover back. songs that they would do. Um, they would do a medley of Sister Ray by the Velvet Underground, Ghost Rider by Suicide, and and of course the famous Louie Louie. They would do a medley of these songs. Uh, four cover songs they used to do live were eventually recorded for B sides. Uh, one would be Gimme Shelter by the Stones. They would do the Stooges 1969, Hot Chocolate's Emma, Bob Dylan's Knocking on Heaven's Door. Okay, they would do that live. These would all end up as B-sides. Now, in late 83, following the highly successful Temple of Love single, the band signed a contract with major label WEA. Now, WEA is Warner Brothers. Yeah. Okay. Gunn decided to leave the band at this point, saying that he didn't like the direction that Andrew Eldridge was taking the band. Uh, according to him, the Sisters of Mercy started out as a joke. Okay, they were supposed to be like a, you know, a parody of a band, really. And then they ended up being a band. <laughs> okay. Just and like just, Spinal Tap. Kind of like Spinal, Spinal Tap, Tap. Yeah. yeah. Now, he also claimed that he had personality conflicts with Eldridge, as, as many would claim through the years. Uh, and that was his reason for leaving. Now, Gunn was replaced by Wayne Hussey on guitar. And uh, Wayne concentrated mostly on a 12-string guitar, okay? Uh, electric and acoustic is what he played. And um, he would contribute on some of the songwriting. And his studio experience with the band Dead or Alive that he was in um, really would prove invaluable because... <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. Welcome to the lumped up episode. All right. George, you're fucking nuts, man. <laughs> put your bagel somewhere. Yeah. Right right in the hole. That's right a bagel hole. hole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, uh, what they did was next was called the Black October UK tour, and that was in October through November of 1984. Why was it called the Black UK tour? Black October. Oh, Black October. Black October. Don't now, get this, this now. no, no, it has black, 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 supposed to white. Black. Right. Now, the growing alienation between Eldridge and the rest of the band during this tour was getting to be like a big problem. And when they started recording the debut album, First, Last, and Always, um, it was really getting out of hand. Basically, yeah. Eldridge you know, wanted control of everything. He also was experiencing deteriorating health and psychiatric problems. Really? Okay. Yeah. What was the psychiatric? Too much cocaine? Too, too much, much weed? I, I don't know. Too much acid? I have no idea. Okay. Was he, was, he, was he going the Sid Barrett way? I, I got no idea. You know, but... Uh, Basically, that worsened the whole situation. And the gossip around all this chaos would, would leak into the, the, the British music press. So people would be hearing about this, okay, what was going on. Now, most songs on the First, Last, and Always album were written and rehearsed by Marx, Hussey, and Adams, with Eldridge writing all the lyrics in the last stages and adding his vocals. So what he did was... He basically let them do all the music. They recorded all that. And then he would come in at the end with the lyrics and the vocals. So okay. that's showing that there's probably a problem then because they're now playing at the same time. Well, not not, not just that. It's kind of like, you know, you're not here for the creativity. You just pop it in at the end. At the so, end, end. Yeah. 
you know, and that, that's and, uh, that's a problem sometimes. Now, following the release of this album, First, Last, and Always, which was produced by David Allen, um, Marx left the band in the middle of the tour. Um, he cited basically his inability to work with Eldridge. And the Sister Mercy continued the tour as a three-piece at that point. And basically, they said farewell to their fans. They were going to do like a last show, okay, which is at the London's Royal Albert Hall on June 18th, 1985. And this show was later released as the Wake video. And that's what we got right behind George's head right here. Okay, the Wake video. And the bail. Yeah, and the, behind the bail on his head, okay. That was, that was the last show supposed to be for the Sisters of Mercy. Um, they would release this show later on as the Wake video. And the music video of the songs Black Planet, okay, uh, would also Walk Away, Body and Soul, No Time to Cry. These would all come out. Um, Black Planet is especially uh, interesting because it features the Monkey Mobile. Okay, do you know what the monkey mobile was? Yes, that was the cause of monkeys. Yeah, right. I saw that video. And they're, they're all sitting in the back. Yeah. And he's driving. And he's driving. Yeah. Now, <laughs> there was actually a couple of monkey mobiles. They're, they're all modified Pontiac GTOs. And they, um, they, they, they have like a split windshield. And you can all pile in the back. Okay. And in this video for, for Black Planet, they're doing that. And uh, they talk about riding down. Highway 101 Cal- right in California. Yeah. I don't know if they're actually doing that, I, you know, but it looks like it. I've been on 101. In the Monkey Mobile. In the Monkey Mobile. Now, shortly after the last gig. I should have covered Ple- Pleasant Valley. <laughs> now, shortly after the last gig, Eldridge relocated to Hamburg, Germany, where he was soon joined by Hussey and Adams. Their intent was to begin working on a follow-up album to First, Last, and Always. Um, they had written some songs, including Dance on Glass, The Garden of Delight. That was another one. Uh, in fact, there's actually demo versions of these songs with Eldridge on vocals. Um, at some point, though, during these sessions, Hussey and Adams would leave the Sisters of Mercy yeah. and start their own band, which was called The Mission. The Mission. And this guy had the sisterhood. Right. Well, they were going to call themselves a sisterhood. Let me give a shot. Another, another tequila shot, my brother. Gotcha. All right. All right no problem. Scotty, can I get another um, Budweiser? Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. Vodka. Just give me a... Ah. I got this one. Where's your shot glass? Not only... Is, oh, I got... That's yours. That's 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 mine. No, I that's got mine. A shot. No, that's mine. That's yours. Mine was the one with the medallion on it. You had that's yours. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Doesn't matter. I'll share germs with you. Don't matter. No, I mean that's um All right. the American Cup. That's the Amer- I thought that was mine, <laughs> but I'm not gonna argue. Now, um the mission was originally gonna call themselves the Sisterhood. And Andrew Eldridge protested against yeah. this. He was like, This is a little too close to the sisters yeah, of mercy, you can't call yourself but he's that. He's right. And he's right. And um what would happen is um also to mention is the sisterhood is also the name of their fan club. So, you know, yeah, you, now right you there. have another band calling themselves that. Um, but what he would do is he would release a single called Giving Ground under the name The Sisterhood before, before they could even get no, anything that's... out. What he do you got here? That's killer. killer. Oh, so that's so that's your. Yeah. All right, I'll do that. Get another one for George Wanabaka. Oh, but you guys didn't. You, you got to tell the bartender. We did tell the bartender. The bartender's lumped up. <laughs> 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 so what do I have to get now? Uh, vodka for George. Uh, vodka, like the shirt say. Vodka. Vodka validates. Validates. Right. George, you have a, a shot glass. I think, I think you, it's a, you gave it to Mike. So just, oh, is that yours? Yeah, so take, give this take one. Take that one. It's yeah. a big alcohol. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll rinse it in right. germ sperms. Yeah. No, no sperm involved. Oh, oh, okay. All right. It's all bullshit like COVID. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> now we'll be banned on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> now, he they released the single Giving Ground. Okay. El- yeah. Eldridge released it before Hussey and Adams could even use the name. Uh, he then released a whole album 
under the sisterhood called Gift. Yeah. Um, and the plan worked because Hussey and Adams decided to call their band the Mission right yeah. after that. All right. So it just didn't work. You know, it, it was just too quick. Now, what Eldridge also won at this time was a race for 25,000 pounds as an advance. All right. Well, because, you got some money, too. Right. Because what happened is the record company basically said whoever puts out music first is going to get a $25,000 advance. And he beat them to it. Okay. And uh, the that's so, a lot of money for back then. Back right? then, twenty five thousand pounds. That's yeah, like it's probably a hundred thousand now. A hundred thousand now. Yeah, you that's know? a lot of money. Um, on the gift album, the opening song is called Jihad, and uh, <laughs> Jihad, right? And they mention twenty five thousand, the number twenty five thousand in the opening lines of the song. Okay, but Eldridge says it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that. Basically, he won twenty five thousand in addition to what the twenty five thousand advance was in the civil courts. Oh, shit. okay. Because by getting him to use the name first, he had the right to sue them. Yeah, which he did. Okay, um, and the parties representing so the guy's a douchebag all around. He's like a super douchebag. Kind of, kind of. Now the parties representing Adams and Hussey claim that the issue never made it to court. Okay, but the story is still kind of unclear. All right, nobody knows if it ever did or not, but he swears he got $25,000 extra from them. Oh man, he probably did. So probably with that, did. I will do a shot. Cheers. Cheers, gentlemen. Ah, that was good. Now, immediately after the departure of Adams and Hussey, Eldridge recruited American female bassist Patricia Morrison. Yeah. And this is their best shit, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Some of their best what shit. What does she play? She played the keyboard, she played, right? No, she played bass. bass. That's what it was? Uh, she was in the L.A. band, The Gun Club. Oh, The Gun Club was very cool, Very cool band. band. Yeah. Now, he was working on Wagnerian, Wagnerian, I should say, type guitar rock okay so he he wanted to have this like what the big, hell do you mean by that like a wagner rock? wagner the classical composer yeah okay you know wagner. oh my god yeah wagner. like 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 wagner like it's uh, like wagner yeah. german it's wagner but it's wagner i mean i said it german wagner. right did, did i offend anybody i mean i hope i didn't do that wagner all right, so he was going to classical. So he was, he was, he wanted something really big sounding, okay, and uh, you know, it, it was also meant to be very like atmospheric and kind of gloomy and you know, floodland album, okay. Now, um, the album ended up being produced by Eldridge and a guy named Larry Alexander, with contributions from Jim Steinman <laughs> on the product on the production. Now, you know who Jim Steinman was, Rob? Jim Steinman produced Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell. Well, yeah, all the good that's uh, pretty Meatloaf much. songs. Yeah, so all he, the all right. yeah, so he's all like a Except rock. I would do anything for love. That sucks. He's, right. Okay. He's like a rock opera guy then. Yeah, kind of. Like he's just a big, you know, big producer, big sounds, you know. His should have got him for that well, shit album. Well, Ezrin, Ezrin <laughs> was doing very similar stuff with Destroyer. Yeah. You know, that, that big sound, you know. Now, this album, of course, would be called Floodland. And uh, Steinman produced the one track on there that everybody knows as the Sisters of Mercy, probably their most popular song, is This Corrosion. It's a great fucking song. Now, this track was written by Andrew Eldridge and is probably, you know, their most well-known song. Uh, It was... uh, it was, It was mixed at the power station here in New York City. And it was actually recorded in Manchester, where they recorded most of the album. All the mixing and producing for the album was done over here. Yeah. So he would just send the tapes over yeah. and, and do it. You know. Now this corrosion uses a forty-piece choir in a huge intro and throughout the song. Uh, the album version clocks in at about eleven minutes and twenty-one seconds. All right. Though the single versions are obviously a lot shorter than that. Yeah. Um, the lyrics. If you listen to them, they're they're a shot at 
pussy and atoms, okay, uh, claiming that this corrosion is their attempt to just mimic the Sisters of Mercy. All right, so the stuff that the Mission UK was doing, you he was saying, he was saying, yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, bring this corrosion to me. You know, he's like saying, your your music is shit. You just copying me. Because I'm Andrew Eldridge and I know everything. <laughs> it's I, all about me. Well, I, 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 I nobody else matters. I I, I kind of get it in a way because if you listen to the Mission songs like Wastelands and stuff like that, it's like okay, they're just doing like Sisters of Mercy stuff. It's good, it's good, but it's like. Obviously, the same shit. It is okay. the same shit. Yeah, yeah, not as heavy. Yeah, not no. as heavy. Right now, um, even even Hussey himself admitted that the lyrics are a parody of his of his own writing style. Okay, so he kind of like acknowledged yeah. it. You know, I'm just gonna make fun of this idiot and write songs. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> now Eldritch knew he had something right away with this corrosion. He knew it was gonna be a hit. Uh, they did need some extra money to make this track sound as like bombastic as yeah. it is the sound. So Warner Brothers was still involved with the making of the record. And Jim Steinman was very pivotal at getting this extra funding for production costs. Okay. okay supposedly there was a meeting where he said, uh, we need $50,000 for the album. And you know, the, the Warner Brothers was like, okay, for a whole album, that's great. And he said, no, 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 for one song. One song. Oh, <laughs> you know, they but, probably lost they, their shit. They lost their shit, but they did it. Okay, they put it out. Now, this period of the Sisters of Mercy put the band on the map, as far as I'm concerned, in America. Okay. Um, I remember, I'll give you a little story. I remember walking into the Ritz on 11th Street. Webster Hall. Which is now called Webster Hall that year, okay, which was like, about 80, 88, right? When did Florence come? 88, 87, 88, right? And uh, late 87, early 88. And they had the video for it. And I remember walking in there and the place being like, you know, like mostly empty. There was uh, some, I can't remember who I was seeing, but somebody was coming on that night. And uh, they used to put a screen down in front of the stage and they would yeah. project videos onto it. And they played this corrosion. And I remember being like, Holy shit! What the fuck is this? Right? I remember this is fucking awesome. awesome. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. And I remember just standing there, and it was like eleven minute long video, you know. And I was like, "Holy shit!" Right? But uh, um, you know, it, it it just it just really put them on the map in America. First, last, and always was like a seminal underground kind of thing. But this kind of pushed it over. Then you started hearing it on the radio, yeah. right? Stations like WDRE and stuff were playing it. The old LIR. Remember Karen? Right? The old yes. LIR. I heard Donna Donna on the radio today. Donna Donna. She's actually wow. on WBAB now. Figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah, still. Back from that back from that day. You know? Donna Donna. She's still alive? She's still alive. Sure, yeah. I thought she was, I'm gonna I thought she was Donna Donna. 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 Got, no, she's, no, Donna Donna is on WBAB now. I used to see her at Malibu's and all. Dude, she had to be like a dinosaur. Oh, Malibu! Malibu? Oh, my God, man. Oh, don't business. Scott, the bartender, knows Malibu. Knows right. Malibu. Yeah. Um, now, um, basically, videos were made for this corrosion, okay, which got a lot of airplay on MTV. Um, also, they did a video for Dominion. Yeah, Dominion. And Lucretia, My Reflection. Not you know again. What is that about? I Karen, know. tell us what Lucretia's about. Come on. Use off your, camera here. Come on, tell us. Use your loud voice. Use your, <laughs> no, you can come oh, on. Yeah, you can hear okay, but you tell us. Tell us. Um, so, Patricia. Morrison. Morrison. Yes, awesome. Um, it's also, at a little end, part of it being that she looked similar to her. Lucretia But that's was, not what the story was. Yeah, okay. It wasn't the Borgias. Right, the Borgias. In the Italian... Um, Renaissance, right? And she was known to um, the Borgias, Borgia, Borgia, the crashing boars. And she also was. Uh, it was it was said that they also think that she may have uh, poisoned people and things like that. Mm. But it's, it's a story like that. Kind of like yeah. when you go. That's upstate. where he got it from because he said when he looked at her, that's he kept seeing that. 
Oh my God. And he would look at Patricia and say, I, you yeah, look like yeah, that. Because you know, he knows all this stuff from oh, way back. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he's the historian. He's the historian. Like, oh, that could look like her. And then she is. Oh my God. Does she look like Lucretia? I don't know what Lucretia looks like. I don't either. I never looked it up. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, but, you know, Dominion was a great tune, great video. It's got them like in, in, where did they film that? It had to be like in some Muslim country. And they had uh, Dominion. I thought that would have been Jihad. Is that the one with that, uh, <laughs> that city that was carved out of stone? Yeah, yeah. They're like, it's That's... like, it's like in Libya or something. Or like, yeah. You know, yeah, like it's that. like a holy place. Yeah. He's wearing a but, white suit. And he's got the white suit. Oh, and, yeah. and she's on horseback chasing, oh, yeah. you know, chasing him through all that. I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like Catherine the Great. <laughs> now, they also shot a video for the song 1959, which was when Andrew was born, 1959. Now, strangely enough, um, the Sisters of Mercy never toured behind this album. That's that's ridiculous. That radio. I remember when this came out. I said, "I gotta go see this band with this guy's voice and and everything." But they never, they just never came around. You would hear little things about them. This is all pre-internet, so it was wouldn't hard to make, find. Wouldn't they make the money back, even the fifty thousand for the record company? They would have freaking done a few concerts and stuff because people would have come for this album. All they, they all they did. That Andrew didn't like to tour. So I how guess, the fuck did he make money? They would go on tour with the next album. We're gonna talk about that, but but I don't know why they didn't did tour they, this album. So they probably play songs from all the album, right? They yeah. Play all oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and, a, and back in 80, 84, 85, 83, they were touring. Okay, but for some reason with this album they didn't. Which I makes no sense. They I, probably would have made. They would have. They would have freaking. They would have. The they would have. They, they would have cleaned up because they would have cleaned up because. That song was a hit. It really was, you know. Not yet. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about that. Yeah. Who's coming? Are the Vikings coming? <laughs> now, a new inc well, what they would do. They didn't tour that album, but they did go on top of the pops. Okay, and they That's did like amazing. a version of, of this corrosion on that. Now, a new incarnation of Sisters of Mercy would be put together by Eldridge in 1989. The lineup. They had so many changes. Is it because of him? Is yeah. that why they had so many changes? It has to be. It, it, it has to be. It has, it has to be. Okay, it really, it really has to be. He probably hasn't taken shit since 1972. Oh, <laughs> shit. Damn. This is so funny. Andrew, if you're watching, can you confirm that? <laughs> <laughs> Stay okay. out of American politics, you yeah. whiny. Yeah. <laughs> I heard he was in Washington today. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's elder abuse. Yeah. Eldridge abuse. <laughs> That's not even his real name, right? I, no, I think it is. That is his real name. I think so. I, I don't know. I think it is. Um, he would get rid of Patricia Morrison. Who she I, was good. Oh, I, I didn't understand that because she was really a face to the band, you know. And, and she maybe played. She got tired of him. I, I, maybe, maybe. She's like, you're a dick. Maybe she said, I'm not going to blow you no more, you fucking. You fucking. You know, who, she, motherfucker. You know who she's married to, Patricia Morrison? Dave Vanian. From, no. the, from the dance. Dave Vanian? Oh, that's wow. where you go. She's been, she's been with him for me. They got kids together and everything. She's wow. been with him for a long time. Yeah, after Dave after Vanian. after the sisters. Oh yeah, after Sister yeah. Mercy's. Yeah, at least Dave Vanian's fun. Yeah. Now this lineup obviously would not include um, Patricia. Yeah. Um, she would be replaced on yeah. bass by Tony James from Generation X. That's pretty which I which was I mean I thought that was kind of cool that he was in the band. Okay, and he was also in a band called Six Six Sputnik, which had that like one song which was all suck basically yeah okay but the guitarist just like the real sputnik yeah fake ass russian sent dog in space cosmonaut now 
The guitarist for this lineup would be uh, Tim Bruschetto, formerly of a band called All About Eve, another goth band, and an unknown guitarist named Andreas Brun. Now, Eldridge, living in Hamburg, came across Andreas in a bar one night playing guitar. Wow. And he just kind of like, want to join my band? And he did. Boots and saddles. Boots and saddles. Yeah, it might have been boots and saddles. Yeah, boots and saddles. Yeah, the tunnel. Or the, the hard swallow. The hard swallow. Bootlickers. <laughs> wow. Fudge knuckles. Fudge knuckles. The anvil. The anvil. <laughs> the ramrod. The secret. <laughs> now, of course... With that guitar lineup and bass, we've also got Dr. Avalanche still on drums as, as, as the drum Dr. machine. Avalanche. Okay. Because they, 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 could, they couldn't fire him. So, <laughs> okay. And he was the only member that didn't talk back. Right. And he was he was with them for a long time. Now, he probably didn't want a real drummer in the band because he could say, oh, look, because yeah. he, he probably still thought he was a drummer. I think I think he's gonna call us on like Instagram or something when we post this. Oh, I would turn the fucking stuff yeah. with the now, now the new lineup kicked off with the Vision Thing album, which yeah. is a very, very good album. Uh, it was released in October 1990. Uh, the album was produced by Eldridge. Uh, the first single was called "More," which was co-produced and co-written by Jim Steinman. Uh, the album also featured guitarist John Perry on a couple of songs. Uh, John Perry was in the only ones. Yeah. We talked about him last year. It's a good fucking guitarist. Yeah, exactly. Now, backing vocals on this was done by Scottish singer Maggie Riley. All right, on more. Maggie Riley. And the title vision thing is from a quotation from George Vice President George Bush, oh, the, elder, okay, the elder, okay, in yeah. a speech he made in 1987. Uh, the album was a much more obvious attempt to kind of be more guitar-oriented. All right. Now, Karen. Karen. As a, uh, Thanks. How low can you go? Karen, yeah, as a what Big Sisters of Mercy fan, your opinion on Vision thing? Did it move you like Floodland or First, Last, and Always or no? It moved my bowels. Yeah, it made me take a big shit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was a shit sandwich. Um, but it was still a good album, but yeah. some of it... I wouldn't listen to it. Like, I would skip it. So, like, like, so it's not really as great as the others were. No, it's not. You it's know what? Definitely, album is such a you know what? It, the album to me, was, it's overproduced. To me, the album was I think such, it's a, such shit storm that you could do a line cocaine and still go to sleep. That's garbage. Even, Fuck the, even the cocaine was bad. Even the cocaine was bad. That's what album. turned me on to meth. <laughs> 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 Now you got no sense of smell, eh? No I, thought, I, thought it was, I thought it was Peter Murphy. They drove him to meth and everything else. We saw Peter Murphy, Murphy last year. Oh, yeah, we did. He was doing a David Bowie was he doing? Was he doing meth? He had just had a heart attack. I don't yeah, think he was doing nah. too much. He wasn't doing too much either, the cons. <laughs> yeah. He's doing a lot of David Bowie songs. He's doing a lot of David Bowie yeah. songs. Now, um, after Vision Thing, the band launched a 1990-1991 world tour to promote that album. In 91, they, after touring with some other bands, they decided to, to, to tour with Public Enemy. The okay. Public Enemy kicked their ass on the night take the lunch money? Flavor <laughs> Flav <laughs> Flav beat up Andrew Eldridge. You know that happened. He right? did? He did. Probably. Hit him with his clock. Hit him with that big watch. And he threw his fucking gold teeth at him. Actually, they were probably scared of them. They're like, look at these fucking crazy white boys. Now, what happened was with that tour, it really kind of imploded because a lot of cities wouldn't book them. Right. Because they were afraid of what would happen if these two crowds got together. Exactly. All right. And and they're actually when when they did play, there really wasn't much violence or anything like that. I think but I think they will you know what they will balance each other because people there's some people that like rap and there's some people that like rock and roll and that golf. So I think the crowd 
Plus the golf people, those people that like golf, they don't fight. They just like to dance in a straight corner for hours and hours. Like they have no idea what the fuck's going on. Well, the interesting thing in the early '90s, there was a recession, and it, like uh, concert sales went down yes. a lot, yes, like a 25, lot. 30 yep, percent. Yeah. Yep. So what the record companies and touring things we're trying to do they're trying to put a whole bunch of act together so you put a bunch of metal acts together you put a bunch of, so kind of well, like anthrax, that was a hodgepodge anthrax was doing that yes anthrax yeah, went on tour with public enemy exactly he wasn't doing sense, anything but, but, no. but, but that made that money made exactly well, that because there were better bands yeah, yeah that's but, why but but that made money and they, they were doing like uh they were they were they were doing like bring the noise like the right. anthrax version of bring right. the noise you know, right, but but this is like before body count. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, a couple of years. Then it was that's like, almost you know, like you yeah. could have put Sniff and Run DMC, and they exactly. would have set up right. a show. Well, that was us. the first crossover. Oh yeah, that right. that worked. Right now, what would happen is um, the the tour would collapse basically halfway through because of they lack canceled of, the West they Coast. Can, they canceled most yeah. of the shows. There was no ticket sales. They you had know, to well, end it. Well, because if you would have gone to Compton with these motherfuckers, they, they, those motherfuckers would have got robbed. The, all the white kids that went would have got robbed straight up. Give me your shit. Run it. Maybe. Maybe. Give me your Rolex. They would have got shanked. They would have been colors. Colors. Well, you know what it is? The record company didn't want to give them, because you, you blamed it all on Electra. But the yeah. record, if you got to look at it from the record company's point of view, when they put bands on tour, they want their bands. They want their bands yeah. to open up for you, so this way it's it's more money for them. Yeah. To do a whole conglomerate, like that was like a new thing, like Lollapalooza, putting all these different yes. bands together in different genres. That was the first they time really, that was really done. Exactly. They went, yeah. and so you can see from their point of view, they were like that. Yeah, but, but Lollapalooza they ended up canceling it because it didn't sell tickets anyway. Now you could blame that on the recession. You could blame it on a lot of things. I just think those two gender were kind of very different and exactly i think if you like w would you book like slayer with flock of seagulls no, no because when flock of seagulls came on they would throw fucking rocks out of it bottles yeah. and all yeah. sorts i was talking about that with george this morning oh yeah george and i said well i could tell you something i used to hang out in the clubs yeah and the they bank were playing, did you go to the bank and they would also play Public enemy. Yeah, no, they, they would. That's true. I remember it, that. It's a, it yeah. has been infused into that. Those people that really want to see both of them are excited, and, but then you have to worry about the other two other sides. Yeah. Well, I you mean, see, the goth people are kind of dumb. The Beastie Boys brought that over. Be like when the Beastie Boys came out, then like rap music became more popular to crowds like that. But I, like again, if you had like Anthrax. And body count or anthrax and public enemy or that would kind of make more sense. Even if you did like Metallica, but yeah. Sisters of Mercy, you know, like you know, you could see it. them with the cure. You would see them with the Pesh Mode. Let me tell you it would make more sense. Madison Square Garden was sold out with Run DMC and the Beastie Boys did that yes. show together yes. and it was yes. packed. And I remember going yes. seeing this show and you couldn't even you couldn't even stand. It was packed. There were definitely more. That makes sense. Two New York bands. They, you know? they sold more seats than they had. <laughs> have and and, and who run? Run, who wrote all their songs? The Beastie Boys. Beastie all like was was all Russell Simmons yeah. yeah. all that shit. Yeah. So he's like, so to him, it was like, hey, this is this is just promoting me. Yeah. So, right. so what would happen because of all this is that Tony James would end up leaving the band. All right, the bass player. Uh, he wanted to start a solo career, and the remaining tour. Basically, what they did is they had a pre-recorded bass track. Was it a solo career or a solo career? <laughs> <laughs> it was a solo career that was just so low. Because I saw him when he was a DJ. That's yeah. how bad yeah. it got. Yeah. yeah. Oh I, my I, God. I don't yeah. know. I mean, let me just say this: in the more video, he looks cool as fuck. He's got like you know big top hat on and he's playing his bass and everything. What he thought that was going to translate into a solo career, I have no idea. Uh, it's kind of like it, it makes no sense. If you ever look at that Cure video with the boring video with the uh, keyboard players just standing there, he's playing like two yeah. notes, <laughs> and it's like it's just like you know. But dude, you got no career on your yeah. own. It's like well, that was, well he you know that he was, was your he was riding seconds. he was riding on Gen X reputation. He was riding on Six Six Sputnik, which was really big in England. Didn't translate here. 
okay? But it was big in England. And then he joined Sisters of Mercy. I don't know what he was thinking, okay? But it went nowhere, basically, his, his solo career. Now, um, this fiasco around the world tour that, you know, basically fell apart um, created this, this big tension between the East-West label that they were on and the band, okay? Now, East-West was... A subsidiary of Warner's. They were put on that after Warner's had done like a reshuffling of their business. Yeah. They were put on this label called East West. Um, and it, what it all led to was the end of their U.S. distribution. And it forced everybody who wanted in America who wanted to buy Sisters of Mercy stuff. Now you had to buy it as an import. And that meant more money. All right. And that, 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 to me, that was like, you know, one of the worst bad business bad, bad, bad yeah. business. You know, they should have kissed yeah. their ass enough, exactly. You know, to be like, don't do that because we need to have the American audience buy records at normal prices. Sisters of Mercy albums became like thirty fucking dollars back in ninety. No, it 92. seems like me to me like that guy is just self sabotaging because I think he knows he doesn't have what it takes to really make it big. So he's kind of like he does. I mean, he no normal person back. does. That. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, Andrew, right. you suck. Go back to England, you fucking cracker. <laughs> <laughs> Stay out of American politics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we're gonna we're get gonna into bail that. your ass out, World War One and World War Two. We'll get into that. <laughs> now, under the insistence of the record label, the Sisters of Mercy re recorded their early single, Temple of Love, with Israeli singer Ofra Haza. On additional vocals, and also they brought back Tony James for a minute Ofra on bass. Ofra Haza. Now the what end. The fuck? She's a good singer. She's a good singer. But but they that version of Temple of Love is not as good as the original. Did you ever hear it, Cameron? Yeah, it's yeah, not worth it. No. Yeah. Now the endeavor was to help promote the new release of the collection of early independently released singles called called Some Girls Wander by Mistake, all right, which was released in 1992. It continues. It's still recording. Okay. Now, starting in uh, June of 92, many changes came to the band, uh, beginning with the firing of their longtime manager, Boyd Steemson. Eldridge was informed that the band was broke after that tour. And uh, even after two successful albums, they were broke. And he was like, how the fuck is that? You know? So he fired the management. Uh, guitarist Bresceno began focusing on a side project. He got involved with that. And Brun, meanwhile... Isn't bruschetto like an Italian snack cake? Bruschetto, not bruschetto. Oh, oh okay. Bruschetto is... What is bruschetto? Like Salted meat or something? Tomato with... Not, not, oh. That's, that's bruschetto. Oh, okay. <laughs> what do I know? Okay. <laughs> now, Brun, uh, the other guitar player, meanwhile, released a solo record called Brun. And he claimed the songs were supposed to be Sisters of Mercy songs. Okay, that he had given them to Eldridge and said, let's do some of these songs. But Eldridge, to this day, said that that never happened. He said, you know, he never gave me no songs. He's in denial. Yeah. Now, Bresceno ended up uh, leaving the band at the end of the year and was replaced by Adam Pearson on guitar. Pearson had played guitar on the track Under the Gun, which also features Terry Nunn from Berlin on backing vocals. Ooh, Terry Nunn. Right. Now, this single was recorded to promote the new Greatest Hits album Terry called Nunn. A Slight Case of Overbombing. That came out in Over 19... Overbombing? Overbombing. That it's came out rich. in 1993. Sounds like a bathroom song. Yeah. I think it's about the war in Iraq, like the overbomb them or something. Okay. Now, a, yeah, new, okay. a new video collection would also come out. It was called Shot Rev 2.0. It was the original shot video from 1988 that had the 
Sisters of Mercy um, Floodland videos and stuff like that in some of the earlier uh, is that the first, song last, and all that stuff. No, that does not do what, that. What, okay. what, what a Grammy song. Cha-cha-cha-cha. <laughs> it would also include the videos from Vision Thing, uh, more Dr. Jeep, Under the Gun, Detonation Boulevard, and also a new version of Temple of Love that we had recorded. Temple with of that Love. 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 I got uh, this shit. Ding, 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 ding. This old Andrew guy is just a bag of dicks. He is. He is. Now, Bruin would end up leaving the band in 1993. Uh, these releases turned out to be the last commercial recordings for the band until so 2021. Then, I got to tell you something what? about this band. They're like, who's on first? Who's drumming? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? Who's on first? What's they, on they got so many fucking members. Like, dude, they got to have like over 20 members. It's something like change. that. It's, it's, it's hard to keep track. You can't even fucking have a band and call yourself the same band when you you don't have the same because people. Because Andrew Eldridge is the band. Like, when you look at it, the Rolling Stone, same band until somebody dies. Oh, ZZ Top, same band until somebody dies. Yeah. Van Halen. David Lee Rose. The other thing, we don't know who those fucking guys were. Sammy Hager could suck a big dick, that fucking queen. Big fucking Fuck him. He big makes good big. tequila, though. He makes great tequila. That's about it. But he should not stay. <laughs> and he, he can't, can't drive, he 55. drive 55. I was just going to say that. Of, when you think of Van Hager, they even got the other idiot from that other band. Um... Oh, that one That was like another band. That was shit. awful. Oh, that, that, that was wasn't awful. even Van Hayden. That was Van that was, Shit. That was like Light FM. Man. Oh, that my was God. Awful, man. I don't know what they were doing. At least that. with Sammy Hagar, they had, they, that actually gave him a lot of. Uh, well, yeah, they, had one of they had one or two good songs, but it wasn't Dave. Dave was like. No. Van if Hayden. Dave's not in the band, then yeah. who cares? That's not really thing. Yeah. Like if we did a Van Hayden, we're just going to do the David Years. Oh, yeah. No, I would never even want to touch on that. The rest of the doesn't shit matter, is, doesn't matter. But we do have to, if we ever do a Van Halen show, I want to talk about how David Lee Roth was a paramedic in the Bronx. Yes. yes. For a while. Yeah. And you know, I when I worked at Bronx Community College, I swear to God, I saw him because right on Jerome Avenue, and that's then, where their big garage is. And it was like, and you know, it's the Bronx. You, you see know. a fucking white guy, you know. he stands, and it's like, that's fucking David Lee Roth. Yeah. And I drove right past him. Wow, it was wow, it was pretty cool. His hair was shorter there. Right? It was yeah, pretty, yeah, 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 but yeah, you can tell you see like still that's, him, yeah. you can see you still yeah. saw the face, yeah, 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 yeah. Now and they screamed, I screamed. We still live, but yeah. totally live, totally live. Talking yeah. shit. I, I want to talk. What do you want to say? Ah, oh, you can talk off camera, Scott. Four score and seven years ago. <laughs> you got something to say? Four five came here to get it. Say it. My, my cousin saved his life. Really? Oh, wow. My cousin was a paramedic. Uh, he was in an overdose and he fucking injected him. David Lee Roth wow. saved him? No, he saved David Lee Roth. Really? He's the reason that David Lee Roth became a paramedic. Wow. 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 Well, you know what? Yeah, why else do, would he do that? Let's do a yeah. Van Halen show next year. I think we'll we should do the it. making of Jump. I want to do a making of the first couple albums, not that album. I love that album because I saw that I saw that live. That was like one of my it's first. It's a good, it's a good album. Oh, you saw that at the garden. At the garden, that was a fucking great album. Come on, that was rock. Let me tell you something. There was nothing better than Danny Van Halen live. I mean, it was the same show every fucking concert, but it was it was a good fucking show. And does anybody know that after David Lee Roth left? They were considering asking Joey Ramone to join the band. Really? That would have been. Yes. That been I thought, I thought that would have been great. That would have been nuts. That would have been better than. That would have been. Hater. I would, I would, I would want to hear that. And Joey Ramone was a Van Halen fan. Now they so, can do it in heaven. In heaven, <laughs> Eddie, 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 and Joey. Yep. Always Charlie Watts could play drums. <laughs> always. I always mention the Ramones. I always do because so, they're, they're the greatest American so band of all time. So if were to be asked. Oh yes. What 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 collaboration or mm -hmm. or what would he wanted to to do like the best music he could think of? Eldritch? Yep. Eldritch was a big glam fan. It's called um I'm sorry. It's, it's a lie. The, um, 
It's alive, Alan. Ramones. Ramones alive, yeah. Okay. And you also said. Great album. Yes, you said it was a a brilliant live affair, nonstop punk rock. Well, you know, they, they. This video we've been watching was filmed at the Roundhouse, and so was that show. Oh, okay, at the the, the Ramones uh, Alive, okay, a few years earlier, and bands like I mean, you know that that's one of the best live albums of all time. We talked about the making of that, and also bands like the Lunatics, which you're going to be putting up on 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 the show. Yeah. they used to they used to practice to that album. Okay, to get their chops up to play fast. Okay, so you know, I know you're not a Ramones Punk fan. Punk rock was, you know, was invented in Queens, New York. Forest Hills. That's right. That's right. Queens, New York. Queens, New York. Now, 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 let's get back Fresh to the systems. Now, Brune would leave this band in 1993. Um, these releases would be the last of their their stuff until this year, 2021 when they would come out with the BBC sessions, 1982 to 1984. Uh, this came out on vinyl and CD on the RSD label. Uh, it was the John Peel sessions that John they Peel, did. We, yeah. always talk, we always talk oh, about John Peel. So okay. Uh, those were done John in 1980. Nine... I'm very insignificant. <laughs> You're wrong. No. no, no, no. The way he spoke, he was very straight. No, but he was doing very proper. He spoke in a whisper. Yeah, no, he, he was. Yeah, he, he was very significant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Being deceased. Yeah, no, no, no. He, he in 1982 and 84, the sisters went on John Peel, uh, did a recording of live shit, and that was finally released this year. Yeah, in 2021. Okay. 2021. Yeah. Now there was also um, the David Kidd Jensen sessions, which were basically some early demos. God bless you on that one. All right. Now since 1993. The Sisters of Mercy have been a touring only band. Okay, they've they haven't released any new music. Uh, Eldritch. And why haven't they released any new music? Because it, it, basically, Eldritch started out with a strike against East West Records. Um, he never really explained why. The band owed owed the label two albums, two studio albums. Now. In 1995, he would produce two songs for the German group Die Krups, and Die also Die Krups, and also Krups. Die Krups, not the coffee fucking people, you know, Krups coffee maker. They made U-boats too. Yeah, they made U-boats, right? And also appeared and on elevators. the Sarah Brightman single, "A Question of Honor." Uh, he also approached original Sisters of Mercy member Gary Marks to write some songs. He was thinking about that. They ended up meeting, figuring out the terms of this, and they would, rec- you know, Marks would record some music, but what would happen is Eldridge would just back out without any ex- explanation, and that would be the end of it. Wow. In 96, they did some shows supporting the Sex Pistols when they reformed uh, with Bruins on uh, the guitar spot. His guitar spot taken over by Chris Sheehan. Also, guitarist Mike Varjak would also do some gigs on guitar as well. Where get these names from? Varjak. Varjak. There's nobody named Bill or Joe. <laughs> Come on, you know the, 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 William? George, the George Collins skit with that. You know, yeah, it's like you know, get a fucking you know, real name. Joey, Bobby, and Vinny will beat the shit up. Todd, Todd. <laughs> even Jesus had normal. Todd. Even Todd. Jesus had normal people name. Yeah, Jesus. And no. Spanish it, George, Jorge, Jorge. Juan, Jorge. <laughs> and Pedro. Pedro, exactly. <laughs> You have to call this show Drunk Motherfuckers Talk About the Sisters of Mercy. Talking Dude. shit. First of all, Jesus had the apostles. Yes. This guy had a bunch of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> now, in late 97, the band's East-West contract was terminated. The agreement I wonder why. was that the company would accept material recorded by Eldridge under the name SSV. Instead of the two studio albums that was owed to them. What does SSV mean? I don't know. I don't know what's sister, sister of S- Vaginas? Sister, yeah, Sisters of Vaginas, maybe. I, I have no idea. 
They agreed to accept this material. However, maybe it was they never listened to them. They never listened to. <laughs> they never listened to what he was giving them. Okay. Yeah, so, so he was unlistenable. No, but no, but here, here's what happened. The recordings are like this bizarre techno droning with him like mumbling shit with no Sorry, drums. What's going on there? No drums at all. Okay. Okay. Can you hold okay. it for a second? We're still recording. I'm good. Huh? Turn that down. Oh, no. Can you lower it? We're still recording. Oh, oh, that's right. We're going to start doing karaoke anyway. <laughs> it's a city, city boy. Water ran to South Detroit. It's just a city last thing. Keep the whole night. It's a city boy. It's great. It's great. It's a city boy. It's a city boy. That's what happened to FJV. They started singing Journey. <laughs> Journey cover band. Scotty, Scotty, I'm turn sorry. that off. I'm so sorry. Uh, thank you. No Steve Perry allowed here. Oh my I'm God. Sorry. That's Neil Stone trying to sneak in on this show. We turned Journey down for this show. Scott, man, you're trying to get well, in. I turn it off. You can't. It's sneaking in. He's sneaking in. He's sneaking in. Damn you, Neil Schoen. Damn you all to hell. <laughs> you blew it up. You finally did it. You Damn you all right. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Soylent Green is people. You got to tell them. People. I'm waiting to bring that back myself. I got a factory. A <laughs> lot no. of homeless people in New York, so I agree. So this is real. Plant-based. Can I finish this? Yeah. Oh, it's all plant-based. Yeah, they'll leave that shit up. It's now, all beyond meat. Now, after... <laughs> oh, sorry, now, Mike. Take me away. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> Now, after 1997, the band's website was inactive for several years. Um, an update kind of stayed on the homepage for years, basically saying that they were working on new material. Yeah, right. In 2006, Sideline Music Magazine announced that the band was in talks with Universal sublabel West 14th Music. Uh, in the same year, WEA International, which was Warner Brothers, released reissues of their three studio albums first last and always floodland and vision thing all had bonus tracks on these albums taken from the b-sides and other sausage uh and sausages sources and 2010 eldridge confirmed in an interview with Joel McIver for Classic Rock Magazine that he sees no reason. He's Classic to, Rock now? Yeah, I guess. He sees no reason to release an album. Eldridge elaborated the reason as to time. He, he said it's time constraints and lack of available material as some of the problems involved. He got to make the material. Yeah, he got exactly. to come with the like, lyrics. I, I, you know, they Sounds got, like a sausage you know, look, fest. Look, I mean, they have a lot of fans, right? Yeah. They have a lot of fans. So then, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to put out new material? Because he doesn't. He doesn't, he, he doesn't have anything. He lost his touch, and he doesn't want to go touring. Maybe the other guys wrote all the songs. Oh, Ooh. that's well. Hashtag the mission. Oh, the mission. <laughs> right, 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 right. Now here we go. In 2016, speculation about a new album was renewed. When Eldridge announced that if Donald Trump became president, <laughs> it would be a perfect time to release a new album, as he couldn't keep quiet if that happened. Well, you're still waiting. Well, that's what I was just about to say, George, because as, as of 2021, we are still waiting, though recently they did some new shows. Okay, in England, in the last couple like week COVID shows, I they, think they, they, they played. They played in the last I think week. He's yeah, waiting, shows. You know what? He's probably waiting for twenty twenty four, where it's Santa and Trump, so he can read the When Trump wins again, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, said it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be the fucking so, icing on the cake. So that's that's all <laughs> I, I got. Now we'll put the album out. Now we'll put the album. Fucking douchebag. That's 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 all I got, Rob. 
my God. Sisters of Mercy. Let me tell you, this was probably one of the most drunk up, sick we, shows we, were we ever totally had. Lumped up for this show but it was, I think it'll be an instant classic. I think People it will. will Andrew, if you're watching, it. put out some new music, motherfucker. And Neil Please. Schoen, stop trying to get on the show. Yeah, yeah. No journey hey. allowed. And hey, we have to keep our standards. Andrew, if you're doing the right thing, you should go on top of a building and do the right thing, you asshole. <laughs> you know what's funny is is like he's totally bald now. Oh yeah, like you. Yeah. Okay, but it's just bald is beautiful. You should baby. wear a pickle hobbit. You should. You should wear a pickle hobbit. I'm what bringing them back. <laughs> <laughs> the bagel, bagel pickle helmet. <laughs> Spike that bagel. That Spike that bagel. You too can have this for only a hundred and ninety nine dollars. You too can have your bagel hat with a schmear too. With a bagel with a schmear. Hello. With, Hello. with German mustard, <laughs> hot German mustard. It's really good with locks. Locks is dope. <laughs> Jesus, go to hell. <laughs> We're going to hell with this show tonight. <laughs> so, people, I like to thank George. His tenant, Karen. His tenant, Karen, off camera, and Scott. Scotty, the bartender. Scott, Scott the bar, lumped the bartender. And the bagel pickle howler. And the yes. bagel pickle howler. I'm Rob Rossi. near you. This is Rocker Mike. And to everybody there, fuck you, thank you, and goodbye. And remember, don't, don't get, get drunk, drunk, get, get lumped, Podcast you will hear that will be music to your ears. You'll learn about bands you love or may not know, and it's only here on the Rock Show. Let's get lumped up on the rock show.